listening to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you gearheads and car fiends, welcome to Driven Radio Show, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield, here with my co-host and engineer extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Groves. That's me. We are coming to you from the Driven Radio Studios. It's nice in here tonight. Oh, it is really comfortable in here because it's cold outside. Yeah, it is. Baby, it's cold outside. It is decidedly cold outside. No fun for car lovers and motorcycle lovers. Yeah, stupid December. I was having a conversation with my dad the other day, and I said, you know, this is the time of year from about November to April where I'm just white-knuckling it trying to get through the year. (laughs) And And he immediately said, go to San Diego. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) this is the guy with the two convertibles and the four motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. Go to to San Diego. Yeah. The only thing I'm convertible is I'm convertible to a bear. (laughs) (laughs) So so you're going to give up shaving for the winter. (laughs) Yeah. Everywhere. Back. Oh, oh, I could have done without that. I really could have done without that. Enjoy the visual. That's going to just sear itself into my brain now. Merry Christmas. Oh, well, time to get away from that. Our special guest this week is Cason Vogel of Broad Arrow Group. He's so glad we let in with the bear thing. A Jacksonville, Florida native, Cason's passion for collector vehicles began with his first trip to the Amelia Island Concours d'Elegance. He is particularly fond of European sports and racing cars, Porsches, and modern exotics. Cason has nearly a decade of experience in the automotive world, having been a territory manager for Haggerty in Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. He is now a car specialist with Broad Arrow Group, providing market expertise for his clients and enthusiasts. Cason, welcome to Driven Radio. Uh, Brett, Mark, thank you both for having me. Uh, We're glad you're here because we've got a lot of stuff to pepper you with. (laughs) Did you have an early automotive influence, somebody in your family, dad, uncle, brother, something like that? You know, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. Um, I've had a lot of really incredible and influential people in my life growing up uh, as it relates to uh, the automotive world and otherwise. But, you know, I've had everybody from my dad's side of the family, which was into dirt track racing, to my mom, who was in a more of the sports car scene. Even my grandmother uh, had a Datsun she used to drive me around in when I was in a car seat. So I've always had some sort of uh, tie to cars. Uh, and the individuals in my life uh, have really helped facilitate that passion. But it goes back as far as I can remember. I mean, it's really just in my blood. It's really just hard to say, oh, yeah, it was my dad and we did this or, you know, uh, any one particular thing. It's just always been something I've been around. So how did that get you into working in the collector car world? Uh, you know, out of college, um, I guess even to back up a little bit before then, my uh, relationship with the Amelia Island Concours was always really interesting. Um, I had a friend growing up, Nick Williams. He uh, is a, a brilliant photographer and videographer, and he threw a camera in my hands uh, one year for the Amelia Concours. He rented a camera. He handed me his spare, said, here's how to use it, point and shoot, and I had an absolute blast with it. And fast forward a couple of years, uh, going back to the Concours, I had my own camera. And there was a spot that opened up on the Amelia uh, photography team. They gave me a ring and said, hey, can you shoot for us? And there was my first paid gig in the automotive world. Uh, Then through college, uh, went to college, came home, started working for a medical marketing company. And I learned sales and sales was great. 
Uh, I absolutely loved it, but I did not like the medical industry at all. So I started looking around and I knew I wanted to work with cars. I just wasn't entirely sure how. So I started looking local dealerships. I wasn't looking at Toyota and Honda. I was looking at cool dealerships, you know, Porsche or just your local shop. And um, I actually just happened to have a friend who kept posting all these cool photos of Tesla. So I gave her a ring and said, hey, what's going on with that? She said, oh, you know what? Actually, I know that you're really into cars. You would be great for this. And I interviewed and almost got the job on the spot pretty much. And um, and the rest is history. I, I, I started selling Teslas. And it's a little bit different than what I'm selling now, but it was still just about the car itself and can't imagine doing anything else. How did you become a car specialist for Broad Arrow Group? I uh, I got poached from Tesla by Haggerty um, as a territory manager, and I did that for three years and, and absolutely loved it. I got to meet all sorts of incredible people in the industry. I got really tapped in to the local uh, market and the local collectors in Florida and Georgia and uh, the, uh, the low country there in South Carolina. And, uh, I was, of course, it always comes back to the Amelia Concord for me. I was preparing for the Amelia Concord a couple years ago and my good friend and, uh, one time manager, Mr. Ramsey Potts got assigned to work the Porsche driving experience with me. I had a, my hand in a bunch of different projects going into the Amelia that year. And we got to talking and I, you know, we caught up on what we were going to be doing for the Porsche driving experience. And I turned the conversation to, so what is it you're doing with this broad aero group thing? He told me all about it. And I said, man, that's really cool. I, I would love to get in on that. I've always wanted to work in the auction industry. I just have never really heard great things about any of the auction houses out there. And I didn't know where to start. The next day I called him up. I said, Ramsey, I know the perfect person for you to hire as a specialist. He said, oh, really? Ready to write it down? I said, yeah, it's me. Yeah, I really like that idea. And here I am a year and a half later, absolutely loving the role and loving Broad Arrow. Let's get down to uh, what we're all wondering about, or at least Mark and I, and I, I know lots of our listeners, Broad Arrow is selling a collection of, le of the legendary boxer and entrepreneur, George Foreman. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us what's in the collection. What type of cars did Foreman collect? How many cars are in the sale, which is kind of mind-blowing. Tell us all the things that are going on with that. Yeah, yeah. So we are selling it via the Haggerty Marketplace, which is our online auction platform. Uh, it's a really unique platform. And uh, you can see them live right now on, on uh, Haggerty Marketplace. But you know, Mr. George Foreman has a very eclectic group of cars. And what's really interesting is that, you know, what at first you're going to see is the 4GT and the 63 split window and the 59 Impala convertible, you know, some of these more glam cars. But what you'll find is that as you look through the collection, you've got a lot of stuff that really kind of connects to his uh, humble beginnings. A lot of Chevrolets, a lot of nicer variants of everyman cars. Um, so, you know, he's got a really cool mixed bag of stuff, everything from, well, we'll get into a few of the unique ones later, but um, you know, European stuff, American cars, sports cars, cruisers, you name it. There's something for everybody in there. How many cars are in the collection? Uh, it's a group of 52 total. So he's got quite a few. George must have had a heck of a garage. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility. Um, you know, air conditioned and all sorts of lifts. And, you know, it's kind of a, a car lover's paradise. All right. 
What are some of the most valuable cars in the collection? What are you mentioned that he's got a lot of everyman cars, but they're nice examples of the everyman cars. Give us oh, yeah. a, an overview of everything that's in there. You know, so of course the crown jewel value wise is going to be the 2005 Ford GT. Uh, it's less than a thousand miles on the odometer. He's the original owner. It doesn't get much better than that. It's uh, you know, it's red, white stripes. It's a four option car. Uh, it doesn't get much better uh, for somebody who's into Fords or into Ford GTs. It's kind of uh, tough. To, also, it's kind of tough to ahead. fathom George Foreman fitting in that car. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I know he has to watch his head closing those doors. I've nailed my head on it a few times, so I can only imagine he's had to duck as he gets in. But, so the Ford GT. Uh, what are what's some of the other stuff in there? Uh, so you've got a 1963 Corvette split window fuel four speed. Uh, another car that's as good as it gets. You know, when you think about a, uh, a Corvette, well, maybe you might think of a C1, but most people will think of a 63 split window. Um, and uh, the 59 Impala is doing fantastically. He's got a Topaz blue BMW Z8 uh, with a Prima and black interior that I absolutely adore. That one's over Spider a, manual. Yeah. yeah that BMW is over 100K right now. That's amazing. And, it is. And that Z8, it it, Topaz Blue has got to be a rare color for that. I've seen a lot of those at different auctions, but I've never seen one in Topaz Blue. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. Now, you see them in silver. You see them in black. Uh, but this Topaz Blue with the hard top, I drove it back from service uh, from BMW Houston North. Uh, back to Mr. Foreman's garage, and my colleague followed behind me, and he said that the entire drive back, he was just mesmerized by how that car looked on the road. Kason, don't be in a hurry to get through these. I'm trying to pick all the details out of you. Yeah, this is <laughs> just... Yeah, give us a little... Talk slowly. <laughs> so, gotcha. you mentioned the split window. What colors? So, that is uh, silver over black. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a really unique car. That one is going to be somebody's project of a lifetime you know the car has been sitting for a while it's gonna need some tlc um but uh you know the bones are there and it's gonna make somebody's uh you know absolute you know, pride and joy does it really have 3775 miles on the clock on that or is it rolled over oh that one's that one's rolled over it's okay. been reset during restoration <sighs> i was like what the heck got a 327 <laughs> no. in it nice and yeah a manual. That, yeah no they're there are some incredibly low mileage cars in the collection. So I can understand why you might uh, at first thought think that, that may be the case, but no, that one in particular has uh, been restored. Now looking at the picture of the collection uh, on Haggerty, there's, wow, there's a lot of stuff here. There's a, a white Testarossa. Again, does George even fit in that car? <laughs> he wore that on you his left foot. Pretty <laughs> well, yeah, you lean back pretty far in that car, so that one might be a little easier for him. To well, fit George in, but, is uh, not only a, a big guy, you know, broad through the beam. He is a, a, a large human being, but he's also oh, really yeah. tall. And oh yeah, big George. It wouldn't seem like a Testarossa would swallow you up. I also see it looks like there's a convertible Volkswagen Beetle. I don't see him driving that. Uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff in here. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Testarossa? Yeah, yeah, no, the Testarossa is a really interesting one. Um, you know, like a few of the cars in the collection, like the uh, the Plymouth Prowler and the uh, 1998 Volkswagen New Beetle, that Testarossa was customized by uh, Carlini Designs. And 
Carlini did a few of his cars, and he did some really interesting, but I'd say actually really um, tasteful touches to that that Testarossa. You know, it's a very low mileage car, and it's white over brown and beige interior, so a really attractive color combination, uh, and and not very common. But he actually painted some of the grills, uh, the grills on the front and the rear white, and then did gold uh, Ferrari badges on the front and rear. Oh, it now, a- it absolutely smacks of late eighties oh, cocaine fuel. Absolutely does <laughs> Miami Vice. <laughs> it, it it really uh, it, it it very much embodies its time. Oh, it absolutely does in all the best um, ways. You know, it really does. And, you know, you mentioned that 1978 uh, Volkswagen Beetle convertible. That's a really interesting one. You know, when you first asked me what's the most valuable car in the collection, of course, my immediate answer is the Ford GT. But um, if you were to ask George, I'm sure he would probably tell you that 78 Beetle. Um, you know, he's he's told the story before and you know, throughout media that that is his absolute favorite from the collection. At times he said he'd never sell it. Uh, but the reality is that it is been time it's now time it's being offered through us at no reserve uh but he saw that this this volkswagen beetle pulling out and he always had to walk home and he used to see this car drive away um as he was leaving the gym i believe it was and he told himself uh you know i'm gonna get a, a volkswagen one day when i have the money and he finally did and that was his pride and joy uh he described the the volkswagen as being the the jewel of the collection and everything else was just the dressing around them. <laughs> As I'm scrolling through some of these vehicles on the Haggerty website, uh, George was, he was obviously a Corvette guy. He's got several of them in here. He's got a few first gen Corvettes. He's got a few solid axles and mm-hmm. having owned one for 35 years, I'm, I'm not quite six foot tall. My forehead sticks over the windshield just a little bit. George is about six, four. So again, uh, not to pick on him about fitting in the car, it's easier to do on a on a uh, a mid year Corvette, a sixty three to sixty seven. You get in those, you got some headroom, and you get in those solid axles. He's, I bet he fills that car up. <laughs> oh, absolutely! You know that fifty eight comes with a hard top, but I best believe that he's probably never driven it with the hard top on it. I know he has. I like to see him behind the wheel. I don't even have to ask. No, he hasn't. I know how the <laughs> I know how the hard top works on mine. Nuh-uh. he's never done that. He's also got several motorcycles in here. He's got some Harleys, and he's got a custom chopper. I'd like to see George on that chopper. I'd like to see what he. he that probably just looks like a mammoth guy. Okay, so. How about the 76 Cadillac Eldorado? Ooh, now that's one of, uh, it's become one of my favorites in the collection. You know, it's just such a long, big machine. It's got such a presence to it. And I absolutely love the triple blue paint. Uh, that light blue paint and the interior is just beautiful and fantastic. The wood trim around it is just in perfect condition. Um, you know, I did not enter that collection thinking that I would end up liking the 76 Eldorado as much as I really do. And I'm just, there's so much cool stuff here. What's your favorite? Oh, <laughs> do, do you have one? You know, Can you narrow it down to uh, one? Yeah, oh, it's, it's really tough. You know, um, not to uh, kiss your butt too much here, but I actually really like the 1961 Corvette. And I w- would not have gone into the collection thinking 
that uh, that that would be the case. I didn't go into this sale uh, as much of a Corvette guy in general, but getting behind the wheel of that '61 has really changed my mind, particularly about C1s. You know, they always kind of look so much softer uh, than than C2s or C3s, which look so much more mean. So I always kind of you know cast aside the C1. Uh, I really thought of it more as a touring car or just a more of a gentleman's sports car. But that 270 horse uh, 61 Corvette has really changed my mind. You fire it up and you're like, oh, wow, this is actually a bit more of a muscle car than well, I had anticipated. Well, and the, the thing you got to remember about those is that those first gen Corvettes, solid axles, they're light. There's not much mm-hmm. to them. You know, there's no power stuff in them. There's no power steering. There's no power brakes. Some of them had power windows, but very few, uh, you know. This is back when the the radio and the heater were optional stuff <laughs> on the early ones. So there's not a lot of to them, and they weigh about 2,900 pounds. They don't weigh anything. So if you've got 270 horse, the car will move pretty well. Now, let me warn you about this, and anybody who's listening to this show for more than, more than one episode will be able to tell you, I, I say this every time I talk about them, Four-wheel drums from the factory, a panic stop will change your thoughts on religion. <laughs> and they, it just flat will. Um, and, and again, I've had one since I was a, a, a late teen. And uh, I've had a few panic stops in that car, and every one of them will take your breath away. Uh, there's a, a 2002 Ferrari 360 Spider in here. Uh, there's a, a lot of American muscle. Uh, what else would you, if you were picking five of the cars from the collection for yourself, if you had to take home five, what would your picks be? Oh, man. Okay, I can handle that question. So okay. you've mentioned two now, or we've talked about two. So the 61 Corvette, of course. Sure. Uh, the 360 Spider. Okay. that is just such a perfect balance of a car. You know, you've got just enough power where it reminds you that it's a supercar and this is a gated manual. So you get to row through the gears, Ooh. you can get on it. And when you floor this thing, you can take it to redline shift, take it to redline shift. And you're only at about a hundred to 120. You do that in a modern Ferrari, you're shifting faster than you can think. And you're at 180 before you even know it. It's just not a usable power. The 360 spider though, this manual usable power, the right amount, and the top comes down, and it sounds just absolutely incredible. So sure. that's one of my favorite modern Ferraris. So it's got to be that. Uh, the 64 Impala. Uh, I absolutely love that. Another four-speed car. And then that black over silver vinyl interior just works. It's a classy car, but it's got such a presence. Uh, how can you not take the 4GT, of course? Okay. Uh, you know, four option, four GT. There's no better way than, uh, you know, to feel like you're a Lamar race car driver than driving a, an 05, 06, four GT. Um, and that way that puts us at four, man. Now that last one's going to be really difficult. Uh, you don't um, have to lie. It's the 92 <laughs> Cutlass Supreme. Isn't it? That convertible, you know what? That's just that interior you. pops. That <laughs> interior pops. I, I can't talk bad about any of the cars in this collection. Just, Looks like um, raw meat. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful raw meat. Like I, a really prime rib. I thought well for aged. sure you were going to pick the 99 Prevost uh, RV, oh, the giant yeah. touring coach. God, 
God. You know, I saw a, a Class A motorhome on the highway today, and it just looks so small in comparison to this this motorhome. <laughs> I mean, this thing is an absolute behemoth of yeah, a machine. That's a vehicle George fits in. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or or the 95 uh, AM General Hummer. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> open top Hummer. Uh, th- thing that. That's, that's a, pro- a war machine right there. Yeah, that, that is it's it's more car than you need. That's what a Jeep wanted that's, to grow up to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, is there any story behind his love of the flaming cheetah front ends? Yeah, we were coming around <laughs> to that. Yeah, there's a there's two yellow cars here, the 99 Plymouth Prowler and the uh, 1998 Volkswagen Beetle. That yeah, what, this awesome leopard skin. What what's the <laughs> what's the story on the cheetah flames? You know, I, I wish I could tell you his perspective on them, but, um, you know, those cars, uh, from what I have learned, were under the previous stewardship of the Mr., uh, the legendary Mr. Dennis Rodman. And oh, it becomes very obvious. Oh, okay. you know, Never mind. He, and scene. Yep. <laughs> Question answered. I'm surprised they don't have earrings hanging off of them. Why didn't I guess that? <laughs> you, well, oh, you, well, Brett, you that's where you would be wrong. Take a look at the, uh, the uh, spoiler on the 98 Beetle and tell me what you see. That is a piercing. Oh, so this second. car, that car. Oh my God, it is. Let's it's, take this yep. out. Oh. <laughs> Man, I was just kidding. That is. Oh. <laughs> Holy crap. This collection, as I said, right, he wins for everybody. <laughs> Do you see it? It's on the spoiler, right in the black. There's a little yellow spoiler. Yeah, I, and I'm right looking, in the middle of it. I'm looking right at it. I'm just amazed I called it without knowing. <laughs> That's a rear ring. <laughs> Holy crap, man. I nailed that. Oh, yeah. That's it. I quit. I'm hanging it up for the day. Yeah. (laughs) There's also a number of cars in this collection that are super low mile cars. And one of of them, obviously, being a Corvette fiend, is going to be my favorites, the 91 Callaway twin turbo convertible. 6,800 miles on it. Red over black. And... The die mag wheels that are on that are impossible to replace. You cannot find them anywhere. You'd have to have them made. Uh, that car is so sexy. Tell us a little bit about some of those low mile cars that are in this collection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you mentioned that Callaway Corvette. And I mean, what an opportune time to get into something that is just so hot right now, which is uh, Radwood era vehicles. You know, you're the king of Radwood if you pull into a Radwood show with that car, especially with. Mr. Callaway having just passed and the rarity of this car, uh, this is as good as it gets. You get into that car, those turbos come alive. Uh, it's That's another one. That might have been my fifth pick there uh, uh, for, for you know, top five favorites in the collection because it's such ri- a sweet car. I've ridden in one of those, and when the turbos hit, it is like getting smacked from behind with a sledgehammer. It is. It'll make you giggle. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> and, it, it, no, nothing... Nothing like excess. There's just nothing like excess. <laughs> um, you know, if a little bit of a good thing is good, so a whole lot of it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and another one uh, that really kind of strikes me from that Radwood era that's also really low mileage is the S351 Celine Mustang Convertible. That car is phenomenal. I am absolutely in love with the interior. Those Recaro seats are so comfortable and so good looking. This, you know, I'm not usually a yellow car guy, but that car is striking. I'm surprised that he's got some of the stuff has no miles on it at all. 
I can't relate to that. It, you get <laughs> something cool, you want to go drive the wheels off it. You want to put your butt in the seat and go take off in the thing. How can you have a 2015 Porsche 911 Turbo with 447 miles on it? <laughs> no, I'm absolutely with you there. But I will say I am an auction guy, so I uh, welcome low mileage because it means that uh, the next person gets to decide what they want to do with it. Keep it a low mileage collector or drive the heck out of it. The option's yours. But, uh, you know, Mr. George Foreman liked to, uh, to go out to his garage and take a look around at at all of his toys, and uh, you know, we're just lucky that uh, some of them have been kept in just pristine shape. Like yeah. the all right, well, lots of very cool stuff in this collection. Where can people see the lots that are on offer, and how do they go about bidding on the cars? So you can go to haggerty.com/marketplace, or just go to the uh, Haggerty market or Haggerty site, and then find the marketplace tab at the top. Scroll down, you'll find the George Foreman collection. They start closing on uh, December the 11th, which is a Monday. Um, and then they'll be rolling, you know, each week, a few cars per day will close uh, all the way up until the 21st of December. And now that we've got you here, we're through the collection. We can't let you go without asking, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? <laughs> well, you know, Haggerty uh, is still an insurance company, so I'll have to uh, mind my P's and Q's here. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned, my mom uh, was into sports cars, and she's had everything from, you know, uh, BMW Z3 and Z4 to my favorite that she ever had was a uh, 2004 Mercedes SL55 AMG. And I wasn't allowed to drive it for the longest time. Then I got into my 20s. The car was sitting a little bit, and I was able to convince her to let me exercise it every so often. Well, there happened to be an, an abandoned airfield not too far from my mom's house that oh, I found. Boy. Uh, there was nobody around. And so I had quite a bit of fun out there. We won't go into too many details, but one time I had the top down and the SL has a roll bar mm -hmm. that activates much like an airbag would, where if a wheel leaves the ground, it deploys faster than you can blink, much like an airbag. And so I turned off the traction control, had a little bit of fun doing some donuts. The, one of the wheels must've come off the ground. Roll bar snaps up, scares the heck out of me, and uh, I couldn't get it back down. I thought that I was going to have to go home limping with my tail between my legs and admitting to my mom what had happened. Luckily, after a few power cycles, I was able to get it back down, no harm, no foul, and if she doesn't listen to this, she'll be none the wiser. Yeah, that's why I don't tell a lot of the <laughs> stories that I've done. My dad listens <laughs> to the show, and yeah, I'm in my 50s, and he's almost 80, but still... You just don't want that look of disappointment. You did what? Yeah. <laughs> you fool. You did what? <laughs> We've been speaking with Kaysen Vogel of Broad Arrow Group. Kaysen, please tell us where we can find you online and on social media. You can find me uh, at my uh, social media, mostly Instagram, at cvogelauto. Uh, and then you can find me on Haggerty Marketplace. I've got listings up constantly, so take a look through there. You'll find me representing some cars for clients all the time. And then you can find me at our Broad Arrow Group website. Look at the team section. You'll find my contact info there. Reach out to me and I'd love to chat. Kaysen, thank you for being with us. Thank you, guys. So I don't mean to belager the point, but you look through that collection mm -hmm. and I'm, 
I can't fault his taste at all, except for maybe the uh, Dennis Rodman. Fl- <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just so fun. Flaming that's, cheetah thing. That's getting to that, drive your own hot wheel. The fact that the the Volkswagen has a piercing on it. It has an earring on the. Yeah. Oh, I uh, said that jokingly. I. <laughs> hell, I didn't know that thing had a piercing on the on the spoiler on the back. That's hilarious. <laughs> but George got a lot of Corvettes. He's got some good European stuff in here. He's he's got that fantastic huge. Huge uh, Prevost uh, RV. Look at that thing. That thing's cool. It, it, it's huge. And well, it says HP uh, H345 VIP. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that thing's 45 feet long because it's it certainly looks like that's a that's a that's a lot of big car. giant really nicely appointed RV inside. Uh, so can't fault his taste at all, George. I like your stuff, but again. Not trying to hammer this too much. A lot of the stuff doesn't look like you'd fit in it. Did the, <laughs> the, the orange 55 Ford F100 custom hot rod pickup, that's been chopped and channeled. George is six foot four. That doesn't look like he'd fit in that. It looks like it'd be tough for him to get in and out of. And, you know, there's a 58 Corvette and a 61 Corvette. I guarantee you his head is up above that windshield. I, <laughs> I promise you it And is. happy to be. <laughs> well, and you've gotten in and out of my Corvette. You oh, know yeah. how tight that thing is underneath the steering wheel. I'm guessing that's kind of challenging. I would think so. You know, the, the 63 probably gets in because my 65, when the convertible tops up, I got plenty of room in there. But, man... Uh, what a cool car collection. It's going to be interesting to see what things go for. Ooh, got a gorgeous 59 Impala, uh, convertible with tri-power. Very cool. That thing's black with a black top. Hey, Brian Boyd, are you listening to me? There's a 59 <laughs> Impala convertible, dude. Hey, buddy. <laughs> a lot of cool hey, stuff now. in that collection and really appreciate Case and taking the time to walk us yeah. through it and let us know what's going on. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and on LinkedIn as Driven Radio Show Podcast. If you have a story you would like to tell or someone you would like us to interview, please contact me at Brett at DrivenRadioShow.com. I am Brett Hatfield from Mark L. Groves. Yep. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Thank you.